0: Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network here in North Texas. Hope you are doing well. And my name is Dave Palmer, executive director here at the station and host of this program. Uh, we're blessed to have Diane Xavier running the board and producing this And thank you for listening. And we have a returning topic, but a new guest because there is a wonderful apostolate that I have come to know for many, many years now, a pro-life pregnancy resource center, which you're probably very familiar with called Birth Choice of Dallas. They're located online at birthchoicedallas.org. And uh, Aaron Fowler has been in recently and introduced you to him as the new executive director. And I I got an email a few weeks ago saying that They had hired a new director of development, and her name is Samantha Vigliada, and she has an interesting story. She's only been in North Texas for about three months. She likes it a lot, and uh, she and her husband, uh, David... Um, I uh, I don't know how long they've been married, I guess I can ask that, but uh, they've been here in North Texas for a few months and they're loving it so far. So welcome and thanks again for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right, so tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, You're very young and so I wonder what your professional experience is. Have you worked in a pregnancy resource center before? You did tell me that uh, you're from Connecticut and you used to live in Minnesota, yes. now you're here in Texas, finally got here, yes. <laughs> but tell us about your background.
1: Yeah, um, I grew up in Connecticut. I went to Fairfield University for undergrad and then continued studying there and completed my MBA. Um, during that time, I was focused on marketing and development, um, specifically branding, um, the university was taking a shift and I was in charge of kind of creating the new look and feel for Fairfield U. Uh, check it out. If you haven't go stags, um, (laughs) I know down here that people are usually like, where did you go to school? All the
0: Fairfield U people are going crazy right now. (laughs) I can see it.
1: Exactly. But, um, great place to be. That's where I met my husband. Uh, we've been married for three years now. Uh, it's been beautiful, uh, crazy journey. Um, the uh, reason I'm in Texas is actually because of him. Uh, it's been wonderful down here. I wish we got here sooner, truthfully. <laughs> um, loving the weather.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: after I completed my MBA, the two of us decided um, it was time to move, and we went to Minnesota. I worked at a pregnancy resource center out there um, in the Twin Cities. They had a location both in Minneapolis and in St. Paul. Beautiful, but very chilly. Um mm-hmm. Snowed from October to April Oh, really? the entire time. Wow. Yeah, so it was cold. But um, great experience. I worked with a lot of women um, who were experiencing crisis pregnancies in the Twin Cities, specifically in um, poverty-stricken areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was eye-opening and beautiful. At the same time, the Lord really you know, worked through us um, at that center up here. So when I moved down to Dallas, I was missing that missionary aspect of my work. Um and lo and behold, the the Lord provided and yeah. there was a position open at birth choice uh in the development world, which I honestly prefer more than marketing at this point. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, like,
0: they're, they're related, right? They are yeah. related. Yeah. And
1: um I enjoy a personal connection with people. I like to get to know people's stories, their whys. Um and especially in this arena, people mm-hmm. have such conviction and passion for this topic. Um, usually it hits close to home on a couple of different fronts for them. So I like to learn about you know, their story and what they're passionate about, um, specifically in the pro-life arena. And Birth Choice has given me that opportunity. And I'm excited to get to know the community more. So thank you for having me on. And uh,
0: mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, certainly. So why... You, why were you attracted to pregnancy resource centers in the first place? What is the passion i'm uh, I can tell it 's not just a job it 's not yeah. just your fundraising and this just happens to be the job that came up. This is something you have a passion for well where where is the where does the passion come from
1: um, I think in our culture we 're lacking authenticity in mm-hmm. a lot of areas um, and I think that is a reason why women um I'm in my late 20s, so all of you listeners can see where I'm coming from here, but the culture of life has kind of lost its value. It's become a culture of self, and I think being authentic in our mission will help change that yeah. uh, that mindset and really inspire women to feel valued um, while also being able to raise a family, um, even you know, depending the circumstances. And I understand that not all women facing a crisis pregnancy have a support system at home, but that's where birth choice comes in. And our partners that we work with, um, we're here to create a web of support for these women, um, and show them their value. And that's really why I am attracted to this mission and to birth choice in general. It's not just, you know, we have to save the child, which of course is our goal, but, Mm -hmm. um, It's really getting to the core issues in today's culture that, you know, your life can be fulfilled and you can also have a family at the same time. It's not one or the other situation. Mm -hmm. Well,
0: Amy Coney Barrett proved that. Exactly. (laughs) Yes.
1: ACV. Yeah. Um, So that culture shift is something that I'd love to see on a uh, larger scale. But, um, you know, in our everyday work, um, we see little beams of light. Just around that topic.
0: Yeah. Let's, uh, talk about, uh, I want to get into your role as development director. And I think most people know development director means, uh, you know, fundraising and, uh, (laughs) bringing in the, the, the funds, which, and I'm glad you, you say you like it because I have also, I do a lot of fundraising for my job and a lot of people just think that'd be the worst job in the world, but you do get to meet a lot of friends. You get to see the goodness in people. You get to see their generosity and you're really giving people an opportunity to do something good, um, you, the, the birth choice center itself, um, you talk about helping women. There's, there's one office there at the corner of uh, Royal and Greenville, yes, right? Uh, yep. I was there one time doing a, a live remote broadcast and tell our listeners why that location is important and uh, maybe a little bit more about how big the staff is other than you and Erin and, yeah, uh, you know, sure. maybe some more about the, the staff, the, the place itself.
1: You know, it's really stark. Um, Every day I drive into work and to my left, there is an abortion clinic right across the street. Um, typically, there is a line of women out the door every hour. Mm. And that is not an exaggeration. Um, it's a hard reality to face, but it also you know, lights a fire in us that there is a need and it is very apparent. Um, we are located upstairs so if you do come visit us we are up the stairs and to the right um birth choice and we are we welcome walk-ins you can make an appointment um with our call center specialist or online so don't feel like you know you can't come in to say hi if you know somebody or yourself are experiencing a crisis pregnancy um it's absolutely no cost to you or the person that you're referring so we do offer um everything for free, which has been a blessing and a, a real big reason why I have a large role in this um, development uh, arena. I, we want to keep that <laughs> the way it is, you mm-hmm. know, Oh yeah, providing yeah. absolutely no barriers to um, our services and women can afford us. Um, so I, I not only am raising funds for that purpose, but I'm also raising it to elevate our mission and expand it. So, we have a wellness um, program that we are focusing on, which is in line with, you know, our core mission, which is to help a woman in a crisis pregnancy while also trying to, you know, save the child. And this program will walk the person in the crisis pregnancy through different stages of professional oh. counseling. Um, we have hired a couple of different staff members who are client advocates and professional counselors at this point. We have medical, um, professionals. Our nursing staff is all, um, board certified and stuff. So the quality of care you're receiving at Birth Choice is no joke. Um, mm-hmm. it is the highest level of, um, professionalism. You are going to be met with people who are, just brilliant um and caring so that's really been a beautiful thing um and it's something I'm very excited about, and our donors are super supportive of. Yeah. Um, so if you are interested in learning more about that, I'm happy to expand. Um,
0: yeah, we'll talk about some of the needs and also how people can help you. And uh, if you want to give out website yeah. or email, or, you know, they want to send that million dollar check to <laughs> yeah. you today, you know.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Uh, but kind of take us through, especially since you have a marketing background. Sure. Um, obviously, you and Aaron and the, the staff want. Um, Abortion-minded or crisis pregnancy women who are uh, uh, dealing with a crisis pregnancy to know about you to come in, uh, receive the help. Kind of take us through that process. How do they come to know about you? What happens when they arrive? How you know what's what? How long do you work with them? That kind of thing. If you could.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, in this day and age, you reach a woman online. Um, mm-hmm. First and foremost, so we partner with Heroic Media. They are an incredible organization that uh, specializes in di- digital marketing, uh, and they will provide funds to put out Google Ads, Google AdWords, um, and then we also have, you know, traditional social media channels where we put advertising out to reach the women who are in need, because if you are experiencing a crisis pregnancy, most of the time you're trying to do your own research at home before you make any decision. You're searching for different clinics um, that may be of help to you. So we want to be the first one that pops up um, mm-hmm. every time somebody searches for uh, needs surrounding a potential abortion or you know, help um, in a pregnancy um that they are worried about and we don't provide abortions obviously, but we want to be there to counsel women who are considering them mm-hmm. so that way we, we can, you know, show them really all of their options and provide them with resources that can help them decide, you know, I'm no, I want to choose life in this scenario and I feel valued by you. Um, uh, says in birth choice and I feel confident enough that I can carry this baby to term. Um, either parenting or. Than adoption, Mm -hmm. Um,
0: I'm sure every every case is unique and different. But if a a person comes in off the street or has an appointment, uh, and then they get some initial counseling, and uh, can they get ultrasounds and that kind of thing? uh, So they see their baby, and then uh, you know, thank you. You know, they're either going to choose life or not. And then do do they come back? Is it kind of a one and done kind of uh, um, (coughs) encounter, or do you continue to keep track of them? Or tell us about that?
1: Yeah, so. The way I like to describe it is, you know, we're not just an EMS. We're not just like on-site trauma Mm -hmm. and then you're one and done, you're gone, we hand you off. Um, We are working on this idea and approach of wellness that um, elevates a woman's dignity and value. And so when they walk in our door, um, it is a traumatic experience for them typically. Um, It's not something that they're taking lightly even if they are considering abortion um, it's a very hard um heavy decision that it's kind of like an iceberg. we only see the tip there's a lot yeah. under the surface there that we have to unpack, and which is why we have professional counselors to work with them um, and we always request that they uh, you know set a follow-up appointment with us after the initial ultrasound and um you know, pregnancy confirmation, so if they are actually in fact pregnant, um we will set up another. Appointment with them to continue the conversation if they would like, and then so forth. We also provide um, classes for our women who are who have decided to parent, uh, and they're free and they're monthly. and You could sign up online, um, and it's a great way for us to build a relationship with them.
0: Yeah. Um, very, very important work. I'm speaking to Samantha Vigliada. She is the new director of development for Birth Choice of Dallas. Their website, BirthChoiceDallas.org. They, uh, you can find on their website. They serve the needs of women, men, families in the Dallas area. All services are provided free of charge, as Samantha said, and remain completely confidential. Uh, pregnancy tests ultrasounds childbirth and parenting classes community referrals material assistance all right that's what you do let's talk about and you said you know it's all free so somebody's got to bring the money in and yes. that's, that's where you come in um what what is the the game plan what's the what are you especially in 2020 where everything's kind of crazy and you know everything's different in 2020 so what, what are the needs and how can people um who are listening help you
1: yeah absolutely um First and foremost, you know, we can't, um, do what we do without the support of our benefactors and they have continued to show up and be generous in ways in which, you know, we are super grateful for, um, looking forward, uh, we, we want to establish a super firm foundation of funding that we can, you know, utilize to expand our wellness plan, um, I go back to saying this again and again, just because it's so important. The issue is, you know, making sure that these women feel dignified, valued, and loved in order for them to then love their child and find value and dignity mm-hmm. in that baby. Um, and so the plan that we're creating uh, is just exempl- are building that up, and our supporters are needed to. Um, help us do that. We are also looking to hire additional staff. So the more we advertise, the more people walk through our doors. And Mm. that's a wonderful problem to have, right? So we have to have the capacity to...
0: Is it paid staff? Yes. Everyone
1: is paid um, because they are all at a professional level. We we have a couple of wonderful volunteers and we thank them so much for the work that they do. But on a regular basis, it's paid staff. um, And the reason for that is because we see a higher success rate when a woman is encountered by a professional counselor. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, there's there's no doubt about that. And they also feel, you know, elevated and work and their worth is elevated when it's somebody who has spent their <laughs> professional career, mm-hmm. you know, um, crafting that. And um, overall, I think it comes down to the reality that you know, you're not just donating to another nonprofit, your dollars are spent very intentionally with birth choice to save a life. And, um, we are just so thankful for that opportunity. Um, and it's just been really beautiful. There's been uh, a great outpouring, but we're always looking for more supporters and, um, there's the sky is the limit with birth choice. Honestly, we mm-hmm. are in a great spot. We have a brand new team. Um, a couple of, uh, people who have stuck around for a long time, which they're,
3: they're always
0: <laughs> bringing
1: us back to center. Yeah, um, yeah, but it's been great.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, um, so, do you have any volunteers, or do you need any uh yeah. you, you say the the people that are encountering the women coming in are are paid and yes. they're professional, like you say if somebody's you know maybe got some spare time, uh, should they contact you or Aaron and talk about volunteer opportunities?
1: Yeah, absolutely we're always open to having volunteers in and out of birth choice, and that could be in whatever capacity you know you think might um or you might best uh, be able to help in. And for example, we actually are hiring a, a non-paid social media intern. Um, so if you know of anybody who's looking to get some experience in the marketing realm um, and also volunteer their time to a great cause, uh, that is one position, a volunteer position we are looking to fill. And um, we need receptionists to sit at the front desk. I and mean, That job is vital. We need
0: Mm-hmm. Warm yeah.
1: smile, a welcome right. um like,
0: yeah, the, the first person people see yeah. when they walk in, yeah, yeah absolutely uh. I know in the past, you all, you know, previous to your time there have had events and in 2020, you know, events are, you know, crazy like everything else. And do you do it virtually, but are is there anything like that planned or is even in 2021 or is there anything that you can announce?
1: Well, we usually have our event at the Meyerson, um, for Christmas, but COVID unfortunately has squashed that for us. Um, you know, hopefully 2021 will allow for things like that to come back into play, um, But no, at this point, it's just really, you know, drop into the clinic, say hi to the staff if you, um, if you would like to, and we're, we're welcome to meet with you one on one. If you're interested in supporting us, um, I'm happy to grab a cup of coffee or lunch with anybody who, uh, is passionate about our mission and wants to get to know birth choice, but no large events at this point. Sadly, I'm, I'm bummed about that myself.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I did go to an event of, uh, of a group out in here in North Texas, uh, Recently, and there were like six hundred people there, and it wow. felt very normal. And it, uh, you know, and so I think I think that's gonna be twenty twenty one. I think it's gonna look a lot more normal. It couldn't look any <laughs> less normal than twenty twenty, but uh, we're point. praying that that'll be the case.
1: If anything uh, does come up, I will definitely let you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, if people want to get a hold of you or get a tour, sure. should they just go through the website, or how should they get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, they can email me at samantha at dallas dot org, um, or you can. Um, Give us a call at our number um, through the main clinic line.
0: All right. And I don't have that number handy, but I know it's on the website, birthchoicedallas.org, birthchoicedallas.org. And so, Samantha, thank you so much for coming in. Welcome to texas thank and uh, you're you 're so young you know you <laughs> said you got here as quickly as you could, but yes. uh, you still hopefully you 'll you know live the rest of your life here in uh, in 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 texas and it 's good to have you here and uh, thanks again to Aaron for recommending uh, this interview and uh, We ask you if you 're listening, uh, you know this is a great apostolate there 's so many of them and if it 's our mission because yeah we need to. You know, raise our own funds to keep Catholic radio on the air, but our mission is also to help all these other groups, uh, not only survive, but thrive. And, you know, Samantha needs your help. And so if you can contact her, Samantha at birthchoicedallas.org, she would love to hear from you. So thank you so much. And I I understand this is your first radio interview. So you passed (laughs) it with flying colors. Congratulations. Thanks so much. And thanks also to Diane Xavier for running the board. And if you have any ideas for future interviews. I appreciate the leads. Just email me and let me know if it's Catholic and local uh, and touches on something having to do uh, with our faith. Uh, I'd love to hear about it. My email address is Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. God bless you. Have a great rest of your weekend.
4: All Saints Catholic Church in Dallas is hosting an Advent mission with Father Thomas Esposito. Father Esposito will reflect on the subject of Christmas. The talk will take place on Wednesdays, December 2nd and December 9th from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. The event will take place in the church and space is limited to 225 participants. Father Esposito is also Assistant Professor of Theology at the University of Dallas. For more information, visit allsaintsdallas.org. Hello, Catholic
3: Life Insurance is a family-focused company that offers life insurance and retirement benefit plans. We are proud to support the mission of Catholic Radio on KTH 910 AM. To learn more about Catholic Life Insurance, you can contact Larry Linson or David Walker in our Dallas office at 972-484-3000. Again, 972-484-3000. We look forward to hearing from you.
0: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. My name is Dave Palmer. Diane Xavier is... Running the board and is actually going to be on the air with me. We don't do this very often, do we, Diane? Where well, we have yeah, a little we back don't. and I'm, forth.
4: I'm excited.
0: Yeah, in fact, your voice used to be on the air a lot more than it it is now. You used to do newscasts and yes. uh, and of course you're still on with spots and all that. But yes, I am. People need to hear more of you, Diane. <laughs> yes, they so do. <laughs> I
4: do a lot of social media feeds for our Facebook page.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
4: YouTube and Twitter.
0: Yeah, do a great job. Well, it's Saturday. November 7th, and it's been just a crazy week, as you know, uh, with the election on Tuesday and the long wait to find out who the president is going to be. And as of this time, I'm guessing we don't still know. I recorded this on Thursday. And the reason I wanted to play this is that on Thursday of this week, November 5th, I had the opportunity, Diane, to go to a really neat event at the Catholic Foundation Plaza in the Arts District of Downtown Dallas on the invitation of the Catholic Foundation. And that's an organization, as you know, Diane, we work very mm-hmm. closely with. Yes. And, uh, you know, Bill Kula and Matt Kramer and Michael George and Ann Latere and Cheryl Mansoor and the whole crew over there. Really, really appreciate uh, all their support. Uh, they've given us a number of grants, including one this fall. Uh, They are sponsors on the station, and so we always try to do everything we can to to highlight the great things that they're doing. And Thursday, they uh, had the unveiling ceremony of the winner of the 15th annual Art on the Plaza competition, which is displayed in the Dallas Arts District. Beginning on Thursday, so it's there. And one of the things that I'm going to do during this interview is invite everybody to go down and visit this piece of art, go to the Arts District, and see the Catholic Foundation Plaza. Now, Diane, I had not been there before today. Yes. You have never been there, right?
4: No, I haven't, but you had me very excited about going down there to see all the beautiful art.
0: Yeah, they've got this, uh, well, this is the 15th time they've done this competition, and they have... Little small versions of the previous winners. so You can see what all the other ones. And so mm-hmm. uh, today on Thursday, they unveiled and put up. Uh, it's twenty eight feet by nine feet. It's huge. Oh wow! The winner of this year's art on the plaza competition, and I have a ch- I had a chance to to talk to the the lady who won it. Uh, her name is Robin Jordy, and she's a San Antonio native. And her uh, piece of art that won it was called Continuo. And I don't know, are you an artist, Diane? Do you do art?
4: Well, I mean, I like to color and make things look pretty. So I don't consider myself an official artist, but I do like drawing and coloring.
0: Yeah, well, she's a great artist, uh, Robin is. And if you see the piece of art, we put it on our North Texas Facebook page. It's like a a field of grass. And so you Mm -hmm. look at it, and then when you start getting the story behind it and what inspired her to do it, it's really interesting because she tied it into what's going on this year. You know, 2020 has been such a, a, a challenging, yes, uh, horrific year in many ways. And so she wanted to kind of make that fit the, you know, the mood that most of us are feeling a little bit of anxiety with COVID and the riots and the election and everything that's going on. So not only did I get to speak to Robin Jordy, but I also spoke to the president of the Catholic Foundation, Matt Kramer. And the lady who is in charge, the chair of the judging committee, uh, is a lady named Cindy Gummer. And she's been doing this for a long time. In fact, I think she's been involved since the very beginning. So had a chance. I brought my little recorder. And uh, I got these interviews. And, Diane, thank you for editing them.
4: Yes. And, Was it crowded at the place today?
0: Uh, not oh. really. I mean, these days, there aren't... You know, too many people that show up uh, for in-person events. But it was a modest crowd. But they also were were streaming it on their Facebook page. And so a lot of people are probably watching it there. But I'd guess maybe, you know, 20, 25 people. Uh, they had some chairs set up. And Matt Kramer gave a little presentation. Father Bershank, uh, who's the rector of the cathedral. Father Stephen mm-hmm. Bershank, he spoke. And then we also heard from uh, the winner, Robin Jordy, as well. And you know what? The second place runner-up is somebody that you know, uh, Laura Cavana.
4: Oh, wow. You know, who's, uh, three of her yes, sons her have interned son was here. Interned yeah. Here. And one is going to be a seminarian. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's right. Dallas- so she's, congratulations Holy to her. Family. And of course, the big winner and the big winner gets $2,500. Oh, that's know? a
4: generous prize. Yeah. That's second prize
0: nice. gets 500 And so. Uh, congratulations so let's play some of these clips i'm gonna uh, not do them in the order because you know, obviously i interviewed one person at a time but i'm kind of mix it up and you know talking about this art competition some people may not even know much about the catholic foundation plaza in the first place it is located on the southwest corner of flora and crockett streets across from the myerson symphony center right behind the cathedral so i asked matt kramer about, you know, what's this uh, plaza all about? And he wasn't there in 2000, I think five, 2006 when it uh, first uh, um, was uh, created, but he told us a little bit of the background uh,
2: about the Catholic Foundation Plaza. My understanding is this was an eyesore for the, for the diocese. This was not a very good looking corner and the foundation in honor of its 50th anniversary wanted to commemorate a art plaza. To the uh, city of Dallas, the Dallas community, in the middle of the Arts District, makes something special and something that's welcoming to people to come up and enjoy, relax. Uh, if you listen to Father Stevens' message earlier, uh, he talked a lot about weddings, uh, pictures up here, and so forth. Just a lot of people. So it's a great gathering place. It's open. It's right here in the middle midst of the middle of the Arts District, and uh, we get to put new artwork up every year. It's just fabulous. All
0: right, so good, good to chat with Matt Kramer. And there he was talking about the Catholic Foundation Plaza. And also, Diane had a chance to speak to the lady who won the competition. And how exciting that would be. Can you imagine having a piece of art that you drew, or you know painted, I uh-huh. guess in this case, 28, you know, the interesting thing is that they submitted 28 inches by 9 inches. Oh, wow. Okay, 9 inches tall, 28 inches wide. Mm-hmm. They blow it up. 28 feet by 9 feet
4: oh wow, that's amazing
0: you would think that all the pixelations would get all messed up yeah. and everything but it really looked great and so Robin Jordy as I mentioned is uh, the winner this year with her piece which is called uh, Continuo and I asked her um, about in the first place you know how'd she hear about the competition and what inspired her to enter it and this is what Robin Jordy had to say
5: one of the people that is um, was on the selection committee is in the Southwestern Watercolor Society, which I am also a member of. So I first heard about it from him and we were actually we were discussing ways to get the word out so that there would be more entrance because it's just it's a fantastic opportunity Mm -hmm. the location is wonderful the prize is wonderful there's just um i'm I'm surprised that there wasn't more competition quite frankly yeah so we were talking about how to get the word out and that was the first time i had heard about it so once i was aware i was on the lookout
0: yeah all right, and I mentioned also Cindy Gummer and her team are the ones that judge. I asked Matt, by the way, I said, "Do you do you have any say in the winner?" And he said, "No, no, <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not an artificionado, so I had nothing to do with it." But Cindy's an accomplished. Uh, artist and she owns a, a shop, I think, on mm-hmm. uh, Preston Road, I think she told me, uh, with framing and that kind of stuff. So I asked her about her own involvement in this competition over the years and about her role as the chair of the judging committee. This is what Cindy Gummer had to say.
3: Okay, I think it was about 16 years ago, Ed Schaffler was talking about when the plaza was being created and we had this wall, and we came up with this idea, and I said well we can do that and and it just grew from there I put together um, the original committee some of them are still are on the committee uh, Catherine Wagner um, Patricia Meadows Gary Scott Nicky um, David Hickman who um, has since moved to Santa Fe He's a, uh, he was a, a sculptor um, yeah, but anyway, and then it it 's transformed that we let the winner of one year come back for one year and be one of the jurors, which was kind of a fun idea
0: all right and Cindy Gummer also uh, was talking about the event overall because you know everything's a challenge this year, and so she 's talking about some of the challenges of this fifteenth uh, annual art on the Plaza competition, uh, which included getting the word out. And also, she talks about what I mentioned a moment ago, about the requirements for the size of the piece of the art that people have to uh, submit. So here's Cindy Gummer.
3: I think it's a fabulous opportunity for any artist, amateur or professional, Mm -hmm. not only the stipend of Mm $2,500, but the opportunity to have your um, your artwork on this wall. Yeah, fantastic. Secondly, um, it is creating a piece. And if you, Robin made a very good point of saying she came down here, looked at the plaza, looked at the piece. Their entry has to be nine inches tall, 28 inches wide. Yeah. You have to, every time I jury one of these shows, it's like, Take whatever is that is and blow it up. Yeah, you know. yeah.
0: Significantly blown up.
3: Yes, yes. Because some images in it are going to be life-size. Yeah. You know, like last year's the, the fish. and the, um, But uh, it's been a fun project. It's grown through the years. It seems that we get somewhere between 20 and 40 entries. Mm-hmm. And and this year, Nick Kuntz did a great job of, of um, getting the uh, watercolor society
5: on board
0: i also spoke uh, diane to matt kramer as you know and uh, he he was saying as cindy just mentioned uh publicity is big because you know not anybody just anybody can enter a competition like this i'm yeah. not going to be entering a competition like this you're probably <laughs> not going to be either all right so it's a rare person But they want to get as many submissions as possible. Mm -hmm. And so how do you get the word out? Of course, we promoted it. Yeah, we we did. We had had a spot in the year. PSAs. Yeah, PSAs. But how do you do that? And so Matt talks about uh, the challenges, especially in 2020, and getting the word out about this 15th annual Art on the Plaza competition.
2: And this was a different year, too, with the pandemic. But we still had about 28 different entries that came in. Uh, we use a lot of different artists, uh, uh, communities. We reach out to them by social media, and we also count on our judges to get into their network of folks to be able to uh, get entries. And you know, they're all all the entries are different. It, but what's most interesting is that when the judges come down to judging, and again, 27, 28, this year they picked two: the honorable mention piece that you saw on the easel, and then the one that's on the wall. Mm-hmm. So they just hone in they they know what they're looking for they're looking for the uh, skill of the artists and the and the quality of the the work itself all right so
0: you're listening to us talk about uh, this competition and the interview with Robin Jordy the winner and Matt Kramer and also Cindy Gummer as well and you're thinking tell us more about this piece of art that won the competition and I really appreciate uh, Bill Kula, who's the director of communication and marketing for the Catholic Foundation, because he spent he sent a bunch of information over to me about the winning piece, about Robin herself. She's from San Antonio. She, uh, she and her husband have lived in Dallas for quite some time now. And I asked her to describe the piece of art. Uh, it's called Continuo. And she kind of compared it in her talk today to music. And I love some of the things she said, because again, she tied it into all the the stresses and anxiety that people are feeling. And as I mentioned, it's kind of like a field of grass. You got to go see it or go mm-hmm. to our Facebook page and see a picture of it. But here is her Kind of talking about uh the piece itself and how she made it and how she would describe it
5: i begin with a uh a textured layer of acrylic gesso so there are brush strokes that underlie the whole thing that kind of uh, give it a lot of energy and on top of that i painted in watercolor and wash the imagery is it's a picture of grass uh, grasses that are a little bit bent by the wind that sets up a, a rhythm and a sweep across the, uh, the panel so that there is a flow that uh, also picks up on the idea of continuation and continuo. In color, it is, uh, it, it's quite warm it's it's basically a golden color with a, a, a few little warm uh, blues in there um, and the color is very liquid it um, the various areas sort of melt into one another there's not a lot of sharp edges or sharp divisions uh, in the piece so it is very quiet in its nature. Um, Just what we
0: need in 2020, right?
5: Absolutely. That was my thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: something calm, something natural, soothing. Um, yeah,
5: yeah. I was talking to someone else earlier and when you're doing something that's a public piece of art in a year like 2020, I felt like I had to, I had to address this the situation. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: Cultural awareness. Or yeah, some, yeah,
5: normally I don't really have what you might call messages or anything like that in my artwork but because it's public and because the times are extraordinary I, I wanted the feeling of it to in, in essence be a message you know a feeling of hope a feeling of peacefulness um, that like the grass we're going to come out of this you know we can we can bounce back everything's going to be all right
0: <laughs> All right, so she was one of, uh, I guess, several dozen people that submitted artwork uh, for this 15th annual Art of the Plaza competition sponsored by the Catholic Foundation. But it was all up to the judges to decide who was going to be the winner. Now, we know who won. It was Robin Jordy and Laura Cavana was number two. Uh, I asked uh, Cindy Gummer again. She is the chair of the judging committee. I said, what did you and the committee like about this particular piece of art by robin Jordy and why did you give this piece of art first place here's what cindy gummer had to say
3: this was totally different than anything we've ever had and with each piece with each entry we um we get a artist statement which tells the process and what they were thinking Which sometimes, when people look at this, they're going to say, you know, wonder what that is. The artist statements aren't up here anywhere. I think if you go to the uh, website, you can can get it. But um, just some of the words she said today, describing the tranquility and, you know, the peacefulness, I heard... Um, that's what I, I think. One of the judges has said it's very serene. It's peaceful. To
0: come up compared here. It to the music, didn't she like uh, like yeah. a musical piece, yes. continuing? Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah, yes, that's true. That's true. Right. And in the pa- if you look at on um, the art wall, you see in the past the pieces all over the map. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah. I mean, yeah. we had one year of a piece that was scrambled look like
5: scramble pieces
0: so there's nothing in particular you're looking for the, the, no, the, the, no. if you look at all of them there's a real the, eclecticism there right yes
3: we asked them to take into consideration where it is do you remember the summer when the, the police officers were uh, killed? yeah we, uh, we got all kinds of pieces uh, tri- in a tribute to them five empty chairs and yep. things like that. Yeah. So people, artists are particularly good at that, mm-hmm. being creative, yeah, yeah. taking the, um, what's going on in, in, in today and you know, portraying them into
5: the role. Yeah.
0: All right, if you're just tuning in, this is the KTH 910 AM interview of the week. Uh, Dave Palmer along with Diane Xavier. And Diane, normally we just have somebody in studio or on the phone and we interview yeah. somebody. This is kind of a special uh, interview You were on week.
4: the location this time.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you know, in the last six, seven months, we haven't really gone out that much. You know, the live remotes have pretty much dried up. Uh The going out to parish festivals, mm-hmm. there weren't as many. So yeah. it was so nice to be out there in person. And take some pictures and do the interviews.
4: Was this open to Texas artists only?
0: Um, I doubt, I don't think so. But I don't know the answer to that. I know you didn't have to be Catholic, and you didn't okay. have to have an overtly Catholic theme in it. Uh, but I'm. I don't know. I got to claim ignorance on that one, Diane. But good question. I asked Robin Jordy, the winner. You know, being from you know, she's from San Antonio originally, but she's lived in Dallas for a while. What did it mean to her to have her piece of art? displayed so prominently in downtown Dallas in the Arts District. This is what Robin Jordy said.
5: It's very important to me because uh, a lot of my other work has to do with making connection to a place. So, yeah, having a peace of mind, big, yeah, and right here in my hometown where it um, it, it gets attention, uh, it's prominent. It's Incredibly meaningful to me to have I have a piece that uh, is prominent in my
0: city. And I had one last question for her, Diane. I asked her about you know it's it's a picture of a you know a field of grass, right? And so you look at that, and it's you know is. Did she intend to glorify God? Did she intend to have the person who looks at it have any kind of a spiritual experience, you know? What, what inspiration, because, you know, she's a Christian woman, did her faith have in putting this together, right? And so, uh, this is what she had, is she had to say about this question about the Christian influence in this piece of, piece of art, uh, which, again, is called Continuo,
5: when you've internalized yeah. uh, all the, the sermons, and I used to be a chorister, so all the all the music, sacred music that I've sung over the years, we've yeah. internalized all that. You don't get away from it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. it is with you always. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I was reminded of pieces of scripture that talk about the grass and. The way it is, you know, just thrown on the fire and of no, no consequence and, and, you know, in contrast with things uh, things that are. And because so much of my uh, work deals with things that are would most of the time be deemed inconsequential, mm-hmm. but when you give them attention, they do assume importance. And especially with the symbolism we can attach to the grass here in Dallas. Again, being in this place and it being a prairie once upon a time.
0: All right. So we've had a lot of sound bites and I thank so much, uh, Robin Jordy for, uh, being interviewed by me and also Cindy Gummer. Again, this is the interview of the week, and we are talking about the 15th Annual Art in the Plaza Competition, which happened a couple of days ago on Thursday, November 5th, and it was sponsored by the Catholic Foundation. And the The winning art is displayed at the Catholic Foundation Plaza right behind the Cathedral Shrine of Our Lady Guadalupe, right in front of the Meyerson on the southwest corner of Flora and Crockett Street. And you got to go see it. Okay. It's really beautiful.
4: I'm going now.
0: <laughs> well, wait till the interview's over. <laughs> okay. I thought you were leaving now. Okay. So yeah, Diane's going to go and we invite you to do that as well. You can learn more at uh CatholicFoundation.com about the, the work of the Catholic foundation and also this. All right. The last soundbite I'm going to play comes from Matt Kramer, the president of the Catholic foundation And I wanted to ask them, even apart from this competition, because this is just one of the many things that the foundation does, you know, how are they coping in the year 2020 from everything I understand in the spots that they've played on the radio is that, you know, the work of the foundation goes on. You know, everybody's adapting to COVID and there's things that we all have to adjust to. But the work of of the foundation goes on because all these apostolates across North Texas continue to need funds, and donors want to continue to provide funds through the Catholic Foundation. So here's Matt Kramer uh, talking about uh, uh, the work
2: of the, of the foundation this year. The grants going out of the uh, Catholic Foundation continue on a weekly basis. Uh, our donors are extremely generous and have granted out a lot of money this year. I don't have the latest numbers, but it's they continue every week. Uh, we televise the masses, sponsor the televised masses on Sunday, which has been a, a huge blessing. Uh, the number of people that were shut in that have recognized, sent us letters. It's usually in cursive from people that, you know, from their 80s or yeah. 90s. That, What's cursive no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, they're, they're in their 80s or 90s, and they haven't been in mass in years. They've been forgotten. And so it's, it's touching. So that that's really probably been the best outreach from COVID standpoint that the foundation has done is sponsoring the masses. Uh, but we continue to, you know, donors give to the places that are most important to them and they continue to do that
0: all right so that just about does it and i've got one convert diane that's going to be heading out to the to the plaza and i hope you will as well and i hope you also will consider working closely with the catholic foundation if you are not doing so already there's a lot of things that you can do and get involved with them it all starts with going to their website catholicfoundation.com and i'm so thankful for bill kula he's just like the Easiest guy to work with. He does such a fabulous job as the Director of Communication and Marketing uh, with the Catholic Foundation and also Anne Letere, Michael George and Matt Kramer as well. And, uh, you know, last year, Sissel went to this event. Uh-huh. This year, I went. Next year, we're sending you, Diane. Okay,
4: that sounds great.
0: Okay, and then <laughs> and you can do the interviews and put something together like this. But it was a fun day. I enjoyed being there this morning. And uh, again, go check it out. Congratulations again to Robin Jordy, the winning artist, with her piece of art called Continuo, uh, which will adorn the 28 by 9 foot public art wall in the Catholic Foundation Plaza across from the Myerson Symphony Center for the next year. All right, that's it, and... Uh, thanks again to uh, the Kathy Foundation for inviting me out there this morning. This has been the KTH nine ten a.m. interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. I'm Dave Palmer. Diane, thank you for being on the program yes. with me and putting this all together. You got all you, you're doing the heavy lifting with this, aren't <laughs> you? And I uh, also invite everybody, as I always do, if you have any ideas for future interviews of the week, just email me, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Uh, Pray for us, pray for the Catholic Foundation, and during this uh, tumultuous time, please pray for our nation. God bless you.
2: Thanks for joining us for this week's KATH 910 AM interview of the week. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Catholic news and information pertinent to North Texas Catholics. Please join us again next week at this same time for another KATH 910 AM interview of the week. Hear that?
0: That's St. Francis Village, a Catholic retirement community located in southwest Fort Worth on Benbrook Lake. A quiet place in a 250-acre country setting where you will love to live, enjoy the deer and turkeys, and walk to daily mass. If you are 62 and independent, call Mike at 817-292-5786 to get on the wait list and begin enjoying your retirement. Cottage rates starting at under 900 a month include utilities. Call St. Francis Village and ask for Mike, 817-292-5786. Um, what are you doing, Sissel?
1: I'm trying to get the perfect selfie of myself and the 9:10 a.m. bumper sticker on my car.
0: Oh, why?
1: Haven't you heard? There's a stick-up-for-9-10 a.m. selfie raffle.
0: There is? Yep.
1: We're asking listeners to either send us their bumper sticker selfies or post them to our GRN DFW Facebook group, and every week until December 12th, we'll be doing a drawing for an awesome prize. Wow. Folks can email...
2: Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, dallas Fort Worth in North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network, Catholic radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.
4: This is Julie Carrick inviting you
1: to...